0: Hi, I'm Sabine, The Purpose Lawyer. If you're new here, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us do well, and you know it helps us continue to spread the good word. And if you are in the need of asset protection, legacy planning, or trademarks, please reach out to our firm. It is the Ambitious Legacy Firm. We're licensed in New York and New Jersey. However, we have service partners all over the country, and we love to be able to work with you and your friends. Let's get into the episode. All right, today I have a special guest. So first of all, I want to welcome you back to the Ambitious Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Sabine, The Purpose Lawyer. Thank you for listening, and thank you for helping me be on purpose. So guys, you know we talk here a lot about legacy and, you know, um, planning for the future, and we know that legacy is basically what you've done and how that sort of impacts the future. So I'm here with a special guest, Armando Pantoja. tall guy. you guys doing home. today? <laughs> Yeah, Tall Guy Tycoon, he is um very well known and versed in the crypto web, um NFT, all things digital space and he's Mr. Future, futuristic, right? You know, all yeah. about where things are going. So tell everybody like who you are and just like what you've been up to lately.
1: So what you say uh is 100% right. Uh Amanda Pantoha, call me Tall Guy Tycoon. I'm a, what we call what I call a financial futurist. Uh, We try to predict where the future is headed and be able to make money on those predictions Mm. in techs, you know, tech overall tech stock, uh, you know, tech stocks, uh, cryptocurrency, financial technology, all of that stuff. We try to predict what's coming in short term, long term, you know, Mm. super long term and try to make some money by doing that.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. And Armando's been on the show before, so I encourage you guys to go back and watch the episode so that you can kind of get a um, a bit of his backstory that he shared with us. But Armando, it is a really crazy market. It's um a crazy time. You know, we've been hearing about this recession talk, which I guess we're in. Right? We just kind of don't know where
1: we're 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 probably in a recession. I, I mean, the government hasn't acknowledged it, but we're probably already in one. The yeah, few history I mean, will tell us that we've already been in one for like probably six months or maybe a year.
0: Which makes a lot of sense because I, I know that there's been a lot of like rate hikes and things like that. And they say that that takes some time to actually we for us to really feel yeah. the impact of all that, right? Yeah, so, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, we've seen a huge turnaround in crypto since the last time we spoke, and which was like almost a year ago, I think. And yeah. so what's happening in crypto? Like, can we still rely on this market? Like, what is the future of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about earlier that uh, we were mm-hmm. in Dubai at a conference. One of my things that I spoke about was the market cycles in crypto. Yeah. Right now, and, and, a, and a crash was predicted, right? So the things we hear about FTX, the things, all the news that we hear is that's not what caused the crash. The crash mm-hmm. ha- was going to happen regardless, whenever there's a crash in any market you go back to 2008 that's when bernie madoff got caught when Mm -hmm. a market retracts then all the people that would commit fraudulent acts get exposed most people think that you know ftx the auto exchanges all that stuff that's what caused the crash Nah, the crash caused those people to be exposed and it happens in every market it happens in real estate it happens in stock market finances Mm -hmm. anytime there's a big severe crash people get exposed over leveraged fraudulent acts can't be covered up anymore and they get exposed and mm-hmm. that's what happened here is that that crash was expected, you know, because crypto has a four year cycle. It's pushed up by what the Bitcoin having. It's always has been since the inception of cryptocurrency. So every four years, 13, 17, 2020, mm-hmm. and, uh, and now 2024 is the next one. Okay. Uh, so it is an 18 month spike up There's a low period or maybe a retraction. And it's another 18 month spike, uh, uh, 18 months down, another 18 months up. This was expected. And I prepared mm-hmm. myself for a while back. Took some profits, invested in real estate, kept the rest in there, and just gonna hold out for the next four years. Oh, wow. Uh, but like I said, is that um it's no biggie for me. But a lot of people who are beginners don't know that crypto is a lot more volatile than a normal stock or anything else, right? Your mm-hmm. house, you know, people most people deal with their houses, 401ks, and it doesn't move 80, 90% down, 80, 90 up. But crypto, that's how crypto moves because the market is not mature yet.
2: Right, if right. You go
1: back to before 1929. The stock market moved the same way because oh, really? there, was no, yeah, there, there was no regulations. Mm-hmm. There was no, and that, remember the stock market boom from 20 to 29, mm-hmm. you know, all that, the flat. And there was a
0: recession, crazy, or a depression, that? I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: the reason why everybody got into the stock market is because the gains were so crazy. Three, four mm-hmm. times a day, every everybody got into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Over 10 years, there was a crazy boom in the market in 29 it was like a super crash that people jumped okay. out of buildings you know all the, everybody knows the stories
2: yes. Yes. uh mm-hmm.
1: but after that the government put in regulations so that that volatility could never happen again and it never happened again it took the public 30 years to trust the stock market again
0: Right, you right. Because I remember a lot of people were even not trusting banks. Like they didn't want to keep yeah. their money in the banks and things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: For years, like, you know, our grandfathers kept the money in the mattresses and stuff like that. It was all because mm-hmm. of what happened in 29. When the government stepped in, they did some things called circuit breakers, regulations, check to make sure everybody's legit. It, it, it decreased the volatility. So there wasn't these wild swings
0: okay, as they were okay. before.
1: So okay. crypto is like the stock market in 1910, 1920. You know, it's still yeah. wild, the wild west.
0: You have mentioned when when you gave that speech in Dubai, you were saying how it's written into the code for it to have these sort of lulls, right? So if that's the case, then how does it mature like the stock market has? Like how does it mature where it's not experiencing these crazy spikes? It, or-
1: so what what it is is that because crypto is immature, mm-hmm. uh in stocks, for example, in the stocks, there are certain events that cause the stock market to move up and down. Mm-hmm. And they're on the horizon. We know they're coming. But the stock market is so mature. that so many actors, so many people playing in the stock market, so many experts that they could, they, they know what's coming. They could predict for it. Mm-hmm. And actually, the stock market would have events in the future already priced in today. Okay. So it's coming up in a year, a stock will reflect it in the price of an event that's coming up in the horizon. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's not as much volatility because it's a slow rise up until the event happens. And normally, there's a little drop off. Okay. But crypto not- is that a lot of people don't understand the having A few people do. And that's what caused the price to go up. And there's not a lot of banks and, and experts involved enough to keep that volatility from being crazy because of that.
0: Okay. So is that like where they say, I hear like analysts talking about the stock market and they're like, it's already priced in, right? Exactly. Like certain movement is already yeah. priced in. So it, the market doesn't get so shaken Exactly. By things. Okay. So when something happens, like
1: the next day, now it may be a small drop, small up. You're like, why did it go up 80%? Why didn't it go? Because they already knew. It happened over a longer period of time,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: It may be a year out. Crypto is not like that. It happens instantly. <laughs> it. <laughs> all, all of that, that trading that happens in the stock market over a year, and crypto may happen over four days. Right. So you'll see these crazy dips and ups and downs.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. And you had mentioned FTX and how there was a crash for like people who don't know what FTX is. And what does that mean now? What happened with FTX? What does that mean for the crypto market?
1: So FTX was an exchange. It, it handled about 30 to 50% of all Bitcoin that was exchanged in the world. So when the Bitcoin market crashed or crypto market crashed, FTX was found to be uh, over-leveraged, more or less. Hmm. That means that they didn't have enough money to pay off their users or pay up for withdrawals, and, you know all of this stuff. They didn't have enough money on hand. So okay. when users started withdrawing money, they didn't have enough, so they didn't start shutting stuff down. And it cascaded through their whole operations, and it came to find out they had some bad loans, some fraudulent loans. You know, double dipping in multiple companies, co-mingling funds, and it was a big mess. Which okay. all of that under a good market, all of that never would have been exposed. Right, they would continue
0: to be making money. Nobody's pulling their money out.
1: <laughs> exactly. So billions of dollars coming in that covers a lot of crazy stuff. But when the, the things get tight, it's not like that no more. You know. Mm-hmm. You have to be real businessman, and then a shady businessman or not so good businessman gets exposed. The thing about it is FTX is an exchange, and that is connected to a lot of other places in crypto. Because some people okay. may use this exchange for liquidity, somebody else may use this exchange to take out loans. Another company may use this exchange to do their exchanging of Bitcoin. So they were attached to a lot of players in the crypto market, mm. and it just it hurt the market pretty bad. But yeah. the good thing is that Bitcoin was at about twenty one thousand; it dropped to about fifteen. Mm-hmm. But something that big, let's say four years ago, it would have killed. It would have been down eighty percent. So that actually okay. was a positive mm-hmm. sign. It did, it was only like twenty two percent. I think is the most it got went down because of that. So I was expecting it to go down about fifty percent because of that. It didn't I go down that much. So
0: well, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like it's getting a little bit more resilient, right? Exactly. Like people understand how it's moving and it's not affecting it as bad. So. Because crypto or this market, right, was created to sort of be a deregulator, you know, not be the same or be as, I guess, tracked as our regular banking system. Now with the crash of FTX, what I'm hearing you say is that regulation needs to happen so that these things don't happen, right? Like it's a market.
1: Mm -hmm. I think we need some regulation, Mm -hmm. I I like light regulation. I'm not a big fan of like heavy regulation. Right. It's just a set of rules. To keep things like this from happening right uh mm-hmm. maybe that you know I, I hate to say it because i hate the sec but
0: i know it's like a slippery slope right i like... know you let them in a
1: little bit they're gonna take over you know That's and it's, right. it's almost like if you don't let them in a little bit you can't expect people to just be trustful actors right when they're dealing with that much money it's mm-hmm. three or four things have happened over the last six months you know it was another one that uh luna uh Tara Luna. You know, six months ago, that was a big deal. Everybody forgot about that. You know, Mm -hmm. so things move on and people forget. It's a big thing, and I think we just need some regulation now. I don't know. I don't really don't know how much, but it has to be something. Or or these every four years, these bad actors come in and the booms, Mm -hmm. and they 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 commit fraudulent acts every four years, man. And then somebody has to, you know, the average person won't trust crypto every four years. You know, they got a one in ten chance of losing everything. It's not going to be good for the market. So we need some kind of regulation just to make people, you know, feel safe and secure in this yeah. market.
0: That's the like stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Like we don't want, regulation. We want it to be sort of the yeah. wild, wild west, but nobody's trying to lose when it really comes down to it. Yeah, So then you're like, okay. <laughs>
1: so wild be- west, when you're winning, when you're losing, everybody <laughs> screams for regulation.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you think the market is going to continue to do what it does in terms of the crypto market? It'll rebound. I mean,
1: I, I would expect really, to be honest, over the next year or so, as people start giving up selling the excitement of crypto is going to die down i've been through this twice before okay it's even some conferences that are going on today that's nobody there you know because really what excitement is going i've been to conferences when the excitement is high packed full of people you know, cars outside, Lambos, you know, girls dance, all this stuff. And wow. the in the in the bear markets, you back the regular businessmen. And you know, in blazers and just you know, just boring, like a regular business market. Right. <laughs> right. It's not hot. It's not it's completely <laughs> night and day from when the market's hot and when it's cold. Wow. And, uh, and I think we're going, I'm pretty sure we're going into like a two-year period. Okay. Everything's gonna be cold like that again. And, and that's okay do. with me. That's what I build. And that's what I make a lot of my money is in the cold times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I, I built a company in the cold times. I've done great investments. I made my best partnerships. All mm-hmm. of these during those two years when nobody's everybody's looking away. When everybody gets hot, I'm already you know in everybody position. To do well, yeah.
0: I so you posted something about about Chase and how they did like a trademark of uh, digital coin or something something. Yeah. Tell so, tell me a little bit about that.
1: So they trademarked a wallet. Uh, mm. address. Okay. But okay. that's just another example of, like what I just said, is that corporations, the elite, the rich, in the banks, they will build during these times. They've done it right. two times before. When everybody else look away, the average retail consumer, retail investor is looking away, that's when they start building. That's when they build the infrastructure, hire employees, yeah, uh, figure out what they're going to do.
0: This is a, a, my little conspiracy theory, right? That the banks basically play a part in these um, lulls Even though you said it was already written into the code, but you know, the way they move their money plays a part into affecting the price. They wait for it to come down. And just like you're saying, they do what they have to do to get in position because before it was too high and they weren't ready. Right. So now they have an opportunity to really build infrastructure, get the regulation because now people are going to buy into regulation. And they they got to slow the boat down.
1: That's what they Mm -hmm. do. because they Corporations, are very slow they they have they move like a, a cruise ship very, very slow like a small company can is very agile it can move back forward a big company can't do that so they have to slow everything down the one way they do that is negative news mm. you know getting you to look away giving you to give up and then they got a two year period where they can build up
0: yeah i definitely see that um happening and i feel like also in the in the stock market as well because of the fact that you know consumers were getting too either savvy or playing the game too well or had too much liquidity so they're like okay things got to slow down so I mean (laughs) it it may be a little conspiracy theory but I really do believe based upon what I've been seeing so like now it's an opportunity like where do you see the opportunities like what you don't have to tell us what you would be doing but like if you someone asked you for advice what would you say
1: uh, I mean, there's two ways, and I've actually helped a few people get into the crypto game. Okay. Because there's two ways you can get into crypto, right? And the, the lowest barriers to entry. One is invest in it when it's low. You know, just buy a little bit every week. Mm-hmm. Invest in the coins, just wait for them to come back. The top five are always okay. okay. The second way is to you can integrate your business into crypto. For them, okay. if you got a service, product, or something like that, maybe really services, you can like create a service to where you can, you know, help people. I got a girl, a woman, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, she was doing PR and marketing. And I told her, look, I said, you could go to crypto conferences where the market's so new and so immature is that you'd be an expert in that field if you just know a little bit about crypto.
2: Mm-hmm. I said,
1: take all the skills that you have in marketing, learn a little bit about crypto, marry those two together, and then just start going to conferences handing out cards.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so new that, I mean, most people only been in it two or three years. Right. You know, you can catch up, you know, in three months, you can catch up on knowledge. It's really a month. If you really tried, if you really you focus knowledge to somebody that's been an expert, that has been in there three years. And when you do that now, you got to, you got to edge on everybody else. Like, us see, for example, lawyers, like crypto lawyer makes a lot of money mm-hmm. in the hot markets. I mean, millions a year mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of crypto lawyers. A lot of the lawyers that were crypto lawyers move away from it in the bad times. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few that are still there. So when the hot times come back, the people who left can't adjust fast enough Right. And the people already there make all the money. And that's a, any kind of services like that, marketing, PR, you know, metaverse stuff. A lot of those things are wide open.
0: So you're saying for the average individual, you're looking for opportunity right now to learn yeah. as much as they can learn about these markets. Learn as
1: much as you can mm-hmm. and find and- a way you could fit into it because the market is so new that anybody can be an expert. Anybody can be a, a big player in this. It's this market, movement.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, for people who haven't um, seen market cycles, they don't realize how much of an opportunity there is now at, you know, or how new it is, I should say. Like, we still feel like we've known about it for a little bit, but it's still so infant. Like you said, the stock market was 1929, right? And like, it barely hit 20 years, right? With crypto being alive.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's a good point is that, uh, like I said, things are very, very new you know uh and like like for example most technologies have an adoption curve of like 20 years mm. most technology the internet like the internet was uh talked about in the early 80s uh 80 late 80s it became like where the average person could use it mm-hmm. early 90s the world wide web the web pages that we use every day started mm-hmm. i didn't have a computer in my house in 2003 and remember what was the internet back then nothing was- much the <laughs>
0: yeah That's chat it. rooms and stuff Link
1: like that pages and chat rooms mm-hmm. right and it evolved like right now we're talking over zoom on the internet it evolved into something that most people would have never imagined right in those days so crypto if we look at crypto more as a technology platform it's going to evolve into something that nobody i don't even know you know somebody that no none of us could ever even imagine that it would evolve to mm-hmm. a lot of times you got to be able to see the power of the platform like most people couldn't see the power of the internet in the late 80s like what is this like who's gonna go nobody's gonna do this mm-hmm. you know most people would look at it and say this is boring nobody's gonna do this like right. why would you just you know go to the library it's a lot faster a lot easier instead of trying to figure this all this out mm-hmm. yeah because the platform was powerful then the, you got to expect users and the world to build on this platform that's what's gonna happen with crypto yeah it takes a while for that to happen 20 years
0: that's a great point another thing that i've noticed from like a year ago, like NFTs were really hot. I know it's like a form of digital, maybe not currency, but like, you know, digital platforms or it impacts digital platforms or lives on digital platforms. But I haven't heard a lot about that now. So what has changed in the NFT market? So
1: like my personal opinion is Mm -hmm. the artwork that was uh, NFT based. I think all of it is dead. It's never coming back.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah,
1: I, I just don't think I don't. I always thought that, and it's a it's a reason. It's a, it's several reasons I think is because the mm-hmm. one reason because the barrier to entry is way too low. Anybody can do it. Anybody. So it's gonna be. I knew the market was gonna be flooded pretty soon, mm-hmm. and I knew that pretty soon the uh, excitement, the values would drop, and then you wouldn't be. People would just lose their money. And I knew that from the beginning because every crypto upcycle does an exotic way that people try to use the blockchain mm-hmm. and they say it's gonna change the world and they make money on it. And it disappears. Every single one. Wow. NFTs was just this cycle. <laughs> okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, And I knew it from the beginning because last cycle was ICOs. The cycle before it, it was the DAOs. You know, it's always something okay. that try to use it and, you know, make some money. And then a lot of people get excited, and not understanding what they're in.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: almost like a, you know. Like, like a money grab? Like a money grab. But I, I don't think everybody's in there is for money grabbing. Right. But it's the money grab is so big of an opportunity that That's everybody true. comes into it. It's too many people yeah you know and they're willing too, to
0: take the risk for the upside the potential exactly. upside mm-hmm. the
1: upside is so high like in in the heyday of nfts you mm-hmm. could make an nft collection overnight that's how fast you could do it wow. overnight You could, like if i stayed up all night with four of my friends we could have a website everything all this everything we needed to run an nft sale mm-hmm. up by morning that's mm-hmm. how easy it was mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and people did that made a lot of money right but uh uh, it's something that I, I knew that it wouldn't last. Some of the NFTs may come back, like the Board Apes or whatever. I don't know, but ninety-nine percent of them will never come back because it's just—it's just too easy to get involved in it. Like maybe some of the ones, were like Gucci put out a, a set, I think, And maybe some some of those like that yeah. will stay around. But like I remember, it was like a fourteen-year-old girl put out a collection made six million dollars. Wow! Like <laughs> I'm happy for. Uh huh. But I mean, that stuff like that, just not, nobody's going to buy this, like, unless she's a famous artist by then or something. Yeah, something else I was going
0: to gonna say, I think, I think the use case is really for people who have a following and that way they can monetize yeah. that following, you know, like um having exclusivity to certain things. Something I think like that, that, yeah, that's, that's but the like problem
1: that. with that it, it, it use case is that this is the thing about technology. If technology has to solve a problem, if mm-hmm. there's an easier way to do it, people won't use that technology.
0: That's true. That's true. Like I said, is
1: is there an easier way to provide exclusive assets? Yeah, there's a lot of them. mm, So, you know, nobody's going to go through the. I just don't believe nobody would go through the NFT process, but it's a lot easier way, Eventbrite or whatever. When you said
0: that, it made me think about CDs, how we had CDs for such a short period of time because there was an easier way to do it that came right on its heels. So that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was like social, because I know you're big on social media. And you have like a huge following and you've been seeing like different trends, you know, how how social is moving. So I wanted to know, because I've seen that tweets and people's opinions have been affecting these different markets, I guess, intensely. What are your thoughts about that? And what does it mean for the market now if if it could just be swayed that way?
1: I mean, the market always has been able to. I mean, the, the Federal Reserve chairman can come out and say something, or the president. I don't know how much that was happening this time, but I remember back in like 2008, 2009, the president would be talking. Like I remember Obama when he first got in office, mm-hmm. he'd be on the screen talking and as he was talking, the market would be reacting Wow! to, like, to what he said. It, I don't mm-hmm. think that happens as much as it used to anymore. I, I don't know what had changed, but I remember that. Like mm-hmm. he would say something, obviously it would drop. And then he would say right. it would go, it was like it, it, what he was saying.
2: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
1: Uh, people have always had power to change. The Mark Warren Buffett always has 20 years ago. Certain people could put out an article and that would change the market. Uh, So I don't think that's going to change. I just don't like they shouldn't be like it's the difference between giving your opinion and meddling in the market. Right.
0: Yeah. Like If you
1: hold shares or something or it's your competitor or something like that, I think that should be regulated more.
0: I agree. I definitely think so, too, because it's like it's almost like insider trading. Right. You know something is about to affect the market and you're benefiting from it. That's a lot of great insight. Thank you for sharing that. So I know you have some things coming up on the horizon, and I want to know like what's going on with you as you prepare in this particular market. One thing is that you definitely have a book coming out.
1: Yeah, I have a, a book coming out called uh, "The Strategic Millionaire," it's coming that. out uh, mm-hmm. right before Christmas. Okay. So over my lifetime, I've went down a what a lot of people would consider to be a, a unconventional path toward building wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, like most people. They either invest or they start a business, or they, you know, and it's always one thing that, you know, gets in the wealth. Well, I've done a series of things, but okay. uh, it's been unconventional and normally like contrarian crypto early. I've invested mm-hmm. a lot of trends before everybody knew about the trend.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I've built companies uh, early in trends. I've applied a lot of knowledge I've learned on, you know, different business ideas, different enterprises I've done. Mm-hmm. So all of these things I, I put in the book, and it's the seven laws that the rich don't tell you. Mm. because the rich people use these laws all the time they don't tell you i'll just give you an example one yeah it's like people that are in poverty people that are in middle class are taught to work hard all the time and that's how you become successful even even hip-hop culture hustle yeah two phones you know kevin gates i got three jobs i don't i got seven jobs i don't get tired i don't (laughs) sleep you know and i was like
2: how how
1: (laughs) even our culture is filled with references
2: Mm -hmm. are people
1: working hard. That's considered like a badge of honor. But if you look at CEOs of major companies, if you look at a lot of very rich people, they don't work that much Mm -hmm. because they have a lot of passive income streams and they use other sources and other ways to create money. They actually avoid work Mm -hmm. because everybody on earth, everybody has 40 hours a week, maybe maybe more, but 40 work hours, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't have any more than Jeff Bezos has. So right. Jeff Bezo's hours he has to be very jealous with them. he can't just give them away you know he has mm-hmm. to preserve as many hours as he can and let these other paths and other streams of revenue work for him
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what I teach in that book that's one of the laws is that you have to be lazy and I like say, that like, people say like, lazy you know I, that's something right. that's, that's you know it flies in the face of everything I've ever been taught but you just you have to be lazy because a lazy person is normally more efficient now, that's not me saying that Bill Gates said that mm. He said he would prefer to hire a lazy programmer because they're more efficient at what they do.
0: Wow. That's profound because, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been in business. I've had my firm for, for over 10 years. And so throughout my growth in that process, I realized that I had to delegate. And then once I delegated, I'm like, oh, I got to delegate some more. And then I got to delegate some more. And then I realized that the goal is actually to do nothing. Remove right. So that from remove yourself <laughs> And not because you really want to be lazy, but that way your brain can function at its highest capacity. it exactly. Really, could help the business because you're
1: you're a thinker. Thinking right. is not you know time dependent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're coming up with ideas. You're thinking using all the knowledge you gained over the years to make these decisions. Now yeah. the decisions can be made in three hours a week. You That's know you true. think about them all. Day. You know we think all day. Think about yeah. new ideas. All that could be happening twenty four hours a day. And you actually sit down and you bam 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 bam, bam and walk
0: out. Yeah.
1: You know, but. But that's what a good leaders do is they move themselves from the equation all together. They're the thought person. They're the the leader mm-hmm. on ideas, and everybody else executes.
0: Wow, that's that's dope. That's dope. So cool. So say, say it again. The seven. It's
1: the, it's the Strategic Millionaire.
0: Strategic uh, millionaire. seven
1: laws the rich don't tell you.
0: Okay, that's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Where could people find it or tap into it?
1: So, it's going to be at Barnes and Noble. It's going to be at Amazon, of course. It's going to be, you can get it from uh, any social media account that I have. My website is going to be thestrategicmillionaire.com. You can get it from there. So, there's a lot of avenues where you can get that book.
0: Okay. Awesome. And are you touching on the different ways that you've made money as well? Like,
1: yeah. So, I I touch on crypto. Mm. I touch on how to, uh, trend cycles, Mm. how to predict what technologies are going to be good, invest in them early. Mm. We talk about, uh, Emotional thinking versus rational thinking and how you Mm. should be more rational in your thoughts. We talk about being lazy. We talk about defining success for yourself. We talk Mm. about different ways that we even talk about like different ways to like position yourself in in certain markets. For example, we talk about a concept called the pick and shovel uh, strategy.
0: I don't want um, you to give away too much, but give away what you want. That's
1: just a small thing. It's, okay. a, it's called the pick and shovel strategy. I'm not going to okay. give it away, but I'll give away what the concept is. Okay. It's called the pick and shovel strategy. So in 19, 1849, mm. uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, okay. they're named after uh, the people who came to San Francisco in 1849 to mine gold. Mm. There was a gold rush in 19, 1849 okay. in San Francisco. I didn't know that. One, of the, one of the biggest gold rushes in history. And uh, so a few miners came to San Francisco and found large amounts of gold. It mm-hmm. got in newspapers nationwide that there was gold out there, right? So, and then the next wave of people that came in, it may have been like a hundred first miners. There was hundred, you know, fifty thousand people that came after that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the gold was you know depleted fast, right? Right. So, and then the next wave of people, come. that's when You got all these people there that are mining gold, right? Now, the people who understood that trend cycle, that there, you got the early adopters, you got the mm-hmm. the, the next people that come, you got the other people. When the first miners come, when they heard the news there was gold in San Francisco. They didn't come to mine gold. They came to supply the second wave that came after the people Mm with shovels, pickaxes, food. And there were the second wave of millionaires.
0: Ah, I get it.
1: The first wave were the people who searched for gold, but they were smart enough to understand that the second is going to be too many people coming to second. Now, what do these second people need? They need shovels. They need support. They need Mm -hmm. laundry. Then those people came set up the infrastructure. And they, they, the first people were the gold gold miners. The second people were the suppliers. Mm. They got on the supply side of things, and that's called the pick and shovel strategy.
0: Wow, no, that's really, really good because one of the things when I so, sort of talk about legacy is sharing like the information that you learn, right? The the things that you, if you would have known. You would have done better, or you would have, you know, been more wealthy, or whatever the case is. So you're basically teaching people the strategies that they need to recognize and see to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are coming.
1: Exactly. Wow. We talked earlier about you know providing services to crypto environment when it comes back. That's a pick Mm -hmm. and shovel strategies that wow Mm -hmm. on the horizon. You position yourself to supply the wave of people that come in for the excitement. That those people that come in at the last minute, they hardly ever make any money. Mm-hmm. Like like when crypto, the stock market is hot in two years from now, when it's at its peak, those are the people who lose money, right? But they come in, they need stuff, they need information, they need maybe like services, they need, they, they need these things. And that's the second wave of people who make their money.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's dope, Armando. I'm excited about your book. I definitely want to read it. And I think that's one of the things that people need right now, right? You need to be like you said, educating yourself getting information, positioning yourself. So this is going to be like a blueprint to help you you kind of walk yourself through that process.
1: It's a good word. I'm going to use that
0: blueprint. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) You're definitely welcome to it. Okay, so everyone, so this is Armando, Tall Guy Tycoon. Make sure that you follow him. Where can people um, find you, Armando?
1: Uh, I'm on all platforms, Tall Guy Tycoon, T-A-L-L-G-U-Y-T-Y-C-O-O-N
0: okay awesome awesome you guys know this is the ambitious legacy podcast thank you so much for listening thank you for helping me be on purpose and i'm going to see you guys next time
1: thank you